Hello and welcome back to the JNZ podcast. My name is Jace Van Oort. And I'm Zeth McAlo. And today we're going to be jumping right into things, talking about a classic superhero movie. We're continuing our Spider-Man review series. We started last week with Into the Spider-Verse, but now we're going to the sweet roots of it with the Raimi trilogy, the original Spider-Man movie. So Zeth, I kind of have a thought, but how would you describe this movie in one word? Cheesy. Cheesy it is. Yes, that is an excellent answer. But it's a good cheesy. It's a good cheesy. It is a very good cheesy. This movie certainly showed its age. I'm not so sure about you, Zeth, but I I don't remember this movie from when I was a kid. It just wasn't a massive part of my childhood, and it I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it, so I was able to look at it from a more, you know, modern day kind of point of view. And do you did you watch this a lot as a kid? What, what's your relationship with the movie? I remember watching it when I was a kid. I just I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it. It's not it's one of those movies I watched as a kid. I just don't have as much nostalgia for it as say the Amazing Spider-Man series. I was really able to not have nostalgia glasses on when I was watching this. You know, I was able to see it's, you know, it it has aged a little bit in some areas. For instance, the visual effects, they're they have some good moments, but they have some very bad moments. <laughs> The the actual stuff that they did for physical visual effects, they sounded fine, you know. The explosions looked just fine. But anytime the Green Goblin or Spider-Man is swinging around, it was CGI and very blurry CGI. Mm-hmm. And, or, or it was all of the above, and it was so dark you could barely see it because it wouldn't look good during the daytime. Yeah, there was lots of shots where... The characters, they just, they looked off in their size when they were CGI'd. Like there's an instance when Goblin hops on his glider and it's like, he's really tiny compared to the people in the, fo- in the background. And he's like just a little bit in front of him. It, it's, it's really off. Yeah. I mean, especially watching it on something that uh, like a TV that's able to show blacks a lot more clearly, I was able to see it it was kind of hard to tell what's going on sometimes because 95% of the screen would almost be pitch black. I know I'm exaggerating, but they really shadowed a lot of the fight scenes so that it would look better because bad C- there's nothing worse than bad CGI during the day. At least you can kind of cover it up with nighttime. Yeah. There's that one scene. It, it's not the best. You can still tell it's CGI, but there's the part when he's, um, He's in his wrestler outfit and he's like crawling all over the walls trying to look for the guy who shot his his uncle. Yeah, yeah. That just looks pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, this movie is really important as part of the superhero genre. You know, before you had, you know, some Marvel movies, you had, you know, the cheesy Captain America movie you had other movies that were before from DC you had Superman, Christopher Reeves, you had Michael Keaton's Batman and uh, some other ones before that. But really this movie and then I, I hate X-Men, but this movie in particular really put the stamp on superhero movies that it can be a viable genre and it can make a lot of money. Yeah, it's part of the reason why everybody loves Superman so much. And there's certainly... The, the visual stuff can certainly be forgiven due to it being 2002. That's just age. That's just how that works. But the actual core of the movie, 
besides its other cheesy moments, especially what they do with the romantic dialogue, <laughs> that was rough at the end there. But besides that, I think it actually provides a great tone for the entire city. I like the way it feels. And I think that it was a decent enough story. It wasn't this almost empty feeling world ending scenario. It was, it felt a lot more personal. It wasn't, it wasn't the Avengers, you know, blasting off in rocket ships and all this explosions. It was just Peter Parker trying to figure out his life and, yeah, yeah. You have that, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I liked I liked a lot of the... That's the reason Peter Parker to a lot of people and Spider-Man to a, is a really great character to a lot of people because he's more down to earth. He's a person that has to pay bills. He has to have, maintain a job on top of being a superhero. So that's why he's a lot more personal and relatable to a lot more people. Um, and this movie doesn't sh- doesn't show it that much until the sequel. The sequel does a really good job of doing that. But this movie in particular just it shows more of his relationship with his friends and how being a superhero affects that. I agree. I wish they had and I know they like you said they elaborate this more on the second movie. But I wish that they had elaborated a little more on like how we made the suit. Like they barely did anything with mm-hmm. that. They didn't really, the Superman, uh, not Superman, Spider-Man training normally it takes a little longer, but I was totally fine with it. It uh, That part seemed kind of rushed. Like it, you never, the one thing I didn't like was you never really felt that he was strapped for cash or that they were struggling to get by. They had one little instance in the beginning with Lo- Uncle Ben losing his job or whatever, but besides that, it, it didn't quite feel like the Peter Parker I was used to as far as struggling financially and such, but they did a nice, they did, they really highlighted how much it affect his family and friends, him being Spider-Man. One thing, if I had to nitpick about the film is that Peter Parker doesn't gain confidence throughout the film. Uh, in the original comic book line, I, I understand this is a big love letter to the original cheesy 1950s. It's trying to be that Peter Parker. At the same time, though, in the comic book line, Peter Parker gains confidence over time. So once he has the ability to be Spider-Man, you see him start to slowly gain confidence. He doesn't wear his glasses anymore, which he does that a little bit in this film. But he's still like really quiet when he talks. He's really shy still in the comic book line. You know, he does his hair differently. He stops wearing his glasses. He starts talking to women more. He gains a little more confidence. And then this one, it's just he's more or less the same as he was at the beginning of the film. I'd argue that it's very off and on because he certainly got a little more outgoing with MJ and such. But one major thing that felt really off to me was how he was as a person in this movie because he killed the he basically killed the guy that killed Uncle Ben, and he wasn't sorry about it. Well, that that's how it happens in the original comic book line to a certain degree. It's the the guy edges closer and closer to the window, and he falls out. Right, but it's still essentially spider. Like, and he's not mad about it either. Like, he's not. It seemed it seemed rather counterintuitive to what Uncle Ben told him. I could be wrong. And another thing I didn't really like was him and MJ. Because that's kind of a 
sleazy thing to do to your friend, you know, especially, especially at the end of the movie. Like, he's just at the funeral talking it up to MJ like his, it wasn't just his, like he's not, like he's seriously chatting it up with MJ, who just broke up with his best friend. They're at his best friend's dad's funeral. Like, it's kind of a strange scenario. <laughs> and I don't, I did not appreciate that. That's not cool, man. Yeah, this, um, if I had to talk about the casting in this movie, I absolutely hate the casting of MJ and uh, Harry Osborne. Harry wasn't so bad in the fact that he was barely in it. But MJ just felt weird to me. I'm not sure why. She was just a little off. It's because in the comics, she's supposed to be... Oh, fl- flirtatious, you know. I, well, you a, little know, more, I... a little more adventurous and stuff. Like the, ma- like, the main reason in the original comic line that they break up is because she's way too fast for Peter. Like, her lifestyle. I remember, I remember. And, yeah, like, her lifestyle's way too fast, and that's when Peter meets Gwen, finally, and that's when that whole fiasco starts. Yeah, yeah. It, I there's certainly some issues with this film, but we do have to take some liberties. This is the first Spider-Man film. They didn't have any references to look back on besides the comic books because the comic books weren't exactly perfect in some regards either. I prefer the way the movie does some things, especially throughout the entire Spider-Man timeline. But I like that Harry and Peter in this universe are, I think it's like the ultimate comic line. I can't remember, but the, in the original comic book line, Harry and Peter weren't friends in high school. This makes a little more sense as they would be friends in high school. Yes, uh, it felt pretty well. Oh, that's another thing that's kind of cringe is just, why can't they just make it different? Why does why does Peter Parker have to be in high school? They all look like they're 25 <laughs> in that entire high school. It, you're not fooling anybody, you know? <laughs> Yeah, there's like that part when the teacher's like, I will fail. The teacher looked just like I, him. I will fail you if anybody talks again. And he looks like he's 19. And there's <laughs> Flash Thomas that looks like was. he's 30 years old. <laughs> oh, man. It was very funny, though. Just, I just love how they pretend to be high school. Like, this is the reason why I thought high school is so different as a kid. No, it's very, very it's not that there's not full grown <laughs> adults running around yeah if we're if we're gonna talk about the Raimi trilogy we need to talk about the spicy memes that are in this they really ripped me out of a couple moments because right when Uncle Ben is dying you see this crying Peter Parker <laughs> we were like dog got it this was supposed this totally ruined that for me I was watching these with my younger brother who's 10 and he just started to bust out laughing he's like oh Uncle Bed's dead. Oh, it's an emotional moment. That and I was I was quoting moments of the movie, like right before Norman Osborne walks up to Peter. I was like, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself, Peter. Oh, it's so it's it takes you right out of the movie, but that's not necessarily the movie's fault. That's more just the internet taking just <laughs> doing what it does. I wouldn't want to fight me either. <laughs> <laughs> In general, though, I think that for a first try, it went fairly well. Mm-hmm. I do have, I like certain aspects of the action. I like that it wasn't world-ending everything. It was more of a personal vendetta, almost. And it, it made the villain a lot more convincing than a lot of other like current Marvel villains, where it's just a random person. It was 
despite how cheesy they, even that looked, the whole transformation thing with Norman, at least he was something to Peter, and he he personally attacked Peter. He knew Aunt May, so he attacked her. He totally disregarded Harry and MJ, but I like that it had a bit of a more personal taste take to him, and it really set up the... I, I think the Green Goblin was actually decent in this movie. I think the fights could have been a little better choreographed and such. I think there could have been a little more going on, but I don't mind that it was smaller in scale, you know. I have a very big problem with the Green Goblin, and it's because of that mask. I just... And it's more so just because it's an early 2000s comic book movie. So they they had to do things where it wouldn't be cheap, like not saying the movie's not cheesy, but it wouldn't be like if somebody who's not familiar with Spider-Man were to look at the original comic books. And if you would have brought that to the screen, people would have been like, what the heck is going on? So I don't like that the suit is like, this fully mechanized Power Rangers suit. I absolutely hate it, but I love the performance of Willem Dafoe. When Willem Dafoe's out of the suit, he's awesome. Yeah, it was a... I I liked the casting quite a bit for Norman. He fit quite well. The The other thing I didn't like was the Spider-Man suit. Not saying the suit in general, but just... You'll see when it comes to this original trilogy one big problem when you're following Peter Parker or Spider-Man is his costume has no emotional range. And it's the same thing, with the green goblin, anytime they're talking to each other, like that scene on the roof, you only have to pick up on their emotions through their voice voices. You can't see their mouth going up and down, you know, through the mask. It was a massive disconnect, especially when both of them were talking because it, felt like they were like maybe saying it on set mm-hmm. but neither of them you had the mask for green goblin you had the master spider-man it looked like they were just it, like it made you feel like they were just talking into a microphone afterwards yeah because there's no way that it it they recorded on set and it really it, it took a fair amount it was a, it was noticeable enough to where it kind of detracted from the experience the worst scene in my opinion is when he rescues mj and they're on that roof scene and it's just the camera and it's pointed right at his mask. And he's like saying something really emotional, but the mask is just, you know, it's it's masking the performance so you can't really see what he's saying. That's why, you know, with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, they made the excellent choice of making it so then his his eyes can squint and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because that's how it was in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, they had to have a reason for it. But I think it it was like in this weird, uncanny valley where you could see like... Like they attempted to make his nose and stuff, you could you could like theor- like it looked like you were looking at his face, but without any of the movement. Like it looked like it was just fabric resting on his nose, but that was where they stopped. So it it would have looked better if it was even just solid, and it just was totally round like in the comics. It would have looked a little silly, but at least it would have made sense. But now it just looks like a mannequin's talking to you. Yeah, that's why they actually, when it comes to most of the Spider-Man fights before Tom Holland's that's why most of the end fights you he'll have his mask blown off like in this one is because of that reason they want more emotion from the actual person they can't they couldn't at the time get it to where his eyes would bug out and stuff it just it would look weird on screen without having a 
actual feasible reason. So that's why in this one, and in all the sequels, you have his mask get blown off and you see his face. Which is a good call. They did what they could in that regard. Which Peter gets absolutely annihilated in the end of this one. He sure does. It makes you think the entire time, it's like, how did you even get hit in the first place? What about spider senses? He's able to do like a standing backflip to, to spoiler alert, kill Norman Osborn's Green Goblin without even looking at the thing. But he'll just stand there and just take it from the Green Goblin for what feels like forever without with tons of opportunities to dive out of the way. It was very inconsistent in this movie. It was very convenient, at least. Yeah. So your overall thoughts? I I I thought it was a fun movie to watch, mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Uh, definitely things that need to be needed to be improved upon, and thankfully are in future movies, and certainly a product of its time. But in general, it's it's certainly something that you could watch, and it doesn't hold up a hundred percent, but it's it's seventy five percent there. Mm-hmm. And you? Yeah, I just, I think it's, it was a really great start for, it opened the doorway to a lot of what we have now. Um, a lot of the dialogue and effects are because of its time and what it's trying to accomplish. But, you know, it's it's an entertaining movie and I recommend it. For sure. Even if you just want to laugh at some cringy dialogue and fights or memes yeah that's <laughs> definitely well that should wrap up our review this week of the original spider-man we're going to be continuing this series over the next few weeks but we will try to squeeze in some video game news and movie news as it comes out so look forward to that let us know in the comments if there's anything you'd like us to talk about Like, comment, subscribe, do whatever. You can look at our Instagram if you want. That should be in the description. And have a great rest of your day. See you guys.